This is episode 34 with Whitney Ballard, and today we're talking about how it really was being a teen mom at 16 years old. Still, I think I think what everybody else does, like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> you're about to go through so much, like, and my heart mm-hmm. goes out to them. But at the same time, now that I have been there, I do not judge like I would have before. I feel like I was a much more judgmental person. Hey moms, are you tired of being tired? Or maybe yelling at your kids? Or maybe you need to know how to get your strength back postpartum? Or learn to manage your stress trying to do it all? Or just to become a more confident mom? If so, then welcome to Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired. I'm Christiane Bégin, a mother of two, sharing inspiring conversations with wonderful people on how we can be mentally and physically stronger moms, and also including freshly squeezed ideas, a little bit of fun, so you can learn how to find balance, and also how to raise strong, caring, confident kids in today's world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Citrus Love Podcast. Have you ever judged someone like someone you didn't even know? Or it can be you're scrolling on Instagram and you just tell yourself this story about who that person is, what they're probably eating, how often they're exercising, what their their choices of clothes or how they're raising their kids. Like how many of us have actually done that? It's very easy to judge. It's very easy to gossip with others about how you think people are. And trust me, I've done it as guilty as any other person. But you never, never know what the truth of their story. Okay, they might be just showing you one side and not the other side. So unless you personally know that person and they've told you everything, or unless you've gone through a very similar journey, you kind of have to take a step back and think, I don't know what they're going through. I can't judge. That's what I really want to teach my kids and especially living a very diversified country and where there's lots of different ideas, people, businesses, products, way of living, we have to learn to judge a little bit less and have more compassion. So today's conversation, I hope it will open your eyes to one scenario, one way that certain mothers might be living, might have gone through. But one important thing is as parents, as mothers, you, your mom or your mom-to-be or your interested topic for mothers, if you're like most parents, most moms, then you probably want to raise respectful kids that are kind, that don't judge others, that pretty much have good manners. And to do that, we have to understand how different people live, how different people are, because that's a reality. We're not the same. If you only believe everyone is like your circle of friends, your family, your little bubble, then of course, it's easy to judge when our kids see someone different or when someone acts different, we think it's weird. We think it's not normal or maybe they don't have the right values in place. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce today's conversation. This is a topic about teen pregnancy. 
to compare Canada versus U.S. because most of your listeners are in either countries, the statistics are still considered pretty low. In Canada, teen pregnancy is around 25%. And in the U.S., according to CDC in 2017, 15 to 19 year olds, it it was a ratio of 18 per 1,000 women. So they still considered low and it hasn't been rising much. But as parents, a fear, which is very normal for us to have, is about our kids having sex and also getting pregnant too early before they're financially independent and able to make their own decisions and hopefully out of the house by that time. So today I have Whitney Ballard and she became a teen mom at age 16. Why I wanted to have her on because she's a mom advocate for teen moms and she's trying to change the conversation around teen pregnancy and you'll understand why during this conversation. She writes on her blog Trains and Tantrums. She talks about motherhood, marriage, mental health, a former teacher turned stay-at-home mom and she's from a small town in Alabama which you'll hear from her accent now married so she has her nine-year-old son and she now has a three-year-old she's a contributor she writes for different websites and today we'll talk about her journey her story and how society portrays this type of journey for moms if you do enjoy this episode make sure to take a screenshot when you're listening to it on your phone, on your iPad, and share it. Share it on Facebook, but make sure to tag me at Citrus Love Blog or share it on Instagram at Citrus Love Podcast. I do enjoy seeing who's listening to what and what your feedback is to have more conversation that will inspire you and will give you added value to help you to raise your own kids in today's society and in your own mom life. So with that said, let's listen in to our conversation. Welcome Whitney. Thank you for being on Stitches Love podcast today. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. We're both at home with our kids and we're recording. Just want to put it out there for the listeners. (laughs) might be a chance that we get interrupted or we hear some noise. That being said, I'll just uh, jump right in with the questions. So I want to start with reading something you wrote in one of your blog posts, Trains and Tantrums. It's called What MTV Won't Tell You About Being a Teen Mom. You say that please do promote abstinence, please do share knowledge to prevent, but please do not make a teenager with irreversible choices feel even more anxious anxious and alone in a time where they need encouragement the most. So I wanted to start with that. You were a teen mom at 16. You say that girls and yourself included were misinformed about being a teen mom. I'm wondering how so. Yes. Um, I feel like especially on TV and the media, and I just used MTV as an example, um, you know, they, they do a great job, I think, of showing the hardships, but they also, I feel like, only show one type of persona or one type of personality, and they don't show the women who come out on the other side of things or the success stories, I feel like. And It's a fine line between, um, I know I catch a lot of heat for glamorizing, I guess you could say, Um, but there's a fine line between 
glamorizing it, but also just showing that if this happens to you or someone you know, it's not the the end of your journey. From the outside, I've always been told being a teen mom could be like the end of the world for a teenager. And we'll we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. But let's go back a little bit because for the listener who, who don't know you, it can be very mm-hmm. easy to judge, to say, oh, well, she must be like this if she became a teen mom. So let's give the mothers and the women listening today a better image of the type of teen girl you were before the yeah. pregnancy happened, like What were your hobbies? Did you participate mm-hmm. in activities? Uh, mm-hmm. What type of person were you? Were you outspoken, quiet, things like that? Yeah, well, I can tell you this. I was probably the last person that you would expect to end up in the situation that I did. And that's my main goal is to just show people there's no stereotype, you know, but I was a junior. It was the end of my junior year in high school and I played softball. I was looking into schools for an athletic scholarship. And I mean, I was on the A honor roll. I was in the honor society in the beta club. We, I went to a small high school. So, you know, I was just involved in a little bit of everything. And I had one long-term boyfriend and, you know, I was just not the image of the girl that you thought would, you know, end up pregnant at 16, but there's really no stereotype, you know, um, it can happen to anyone. So that's one thing I just want to show people. It's not always a girl who, you know, is overly promiscuous or fits a certain image. It was in the state of Alabama. Is that right? That's right. And you can yeah. probably tell by my accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got <laughs> Yes. Would you say you were fairly confident teen, have any problems at home, things like that? You know, before all this happened, I would say that my childhood looked pretty, um, pretty normal. You know, I had two parents and they were also teachers in our small town, both of them. So I had a very, you know, quote unquote, normal upbringing. Did you have any siblings? Yes, I have one younger brother and he's four years younger Since you participated in every aspect I guess, <laughs> of your school, you had friends, you were comfortable being at school. Yes, absolutely. And mostly because um, I had such a strong friendship with the other girls on my team. You know, softball was really my life at that point, And I had a really, really tight knit friend group. You're Christian. You grew up in a Christian family. Yes. So, you know, we love, we live in the Bible Belt, you know, down here in Alabama. (laughs) And um, so it's a very Christian atmosphere and environment. I would say that before this, however, I was more just kind of playing the part, more of kind of just a lukewarm type Christian, just going through the motions. And when all of this happened, you know, it really made me reassess my whole faith or really dive deeper in that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a teen mom, but I remember it was, and I would dare say it's, it still is one of a parent's biggest fear to mm-hmm. have their teen pregnant for many different reasons. How did your parents react when you told them you were pregnant? Yes, well, um, it was absolutely one of the hardest days. <laughs> um, and I told them just by myself, I just bit the bullet and told them. And obviously they were completely shocked. Um, I feel like shock was the main thing that everyone felt when they found out. And it really took us some time to come to terms with that and really, really let that sink in. Um, but yeah, just complete shock. 
to dig in a little <laughs> deeper into that. Yeah. What does shock mean? Is it they couldn't speak to you for a couple days? Well, I feel like it took us several weeks um, to get to a point where we could talk about it. Honestly, it just took a long time. And, you know, it was, it was very hard because when you're faced with that, even when you have a Christian background, you know, there are things that come up, like there are options Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'd be lying if, if I said that I did not explore those options and think about them all. And just think about the idea that, you know, no one could know if I chose a different path, you know, no one had mm-hmm. to know and I could continue on with my life. So that was, that was really the hardest part of my life, honestly. And my parents, yes, wanted to be involved in that decision. But at the same time, I knew it did lay on me at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, when I did decide what I would do, then they fully supported me. So who was the first person you shared the news with? <laughs> so I shared the news with a friend that I felt like would, you know, be more supportive <laughs> than, mm-hmm. than most. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I did that. And then afterwards, of course, you had to tell your parents. Yes. Mm. Yes. You said you explored different options. Your first thought was what? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it literally ripped everything from underneath me. I mean, it just brought my world (laughs) completely at a standstill and that I would not be able to have this future that I had so just meticulously planned out. You know, I had all these plans. I thought I had it all figured out. And so this just brought me to my knees really fast. (laughs) What were the options you explored? Right. Yeah. So... Obviously, you know, you can choose to parent and I had seen other people my age that had chose that route and, you know, just to see them struggle was just very telling of how that would go. And then, uh, of course, you know, there's the option of abortion and I feel like it's, it's pushed pretty heavily for people that age and of course, adoption as well. So you have all three of those and at any point in time in those first few weeks, you know, all of those options crossed my mind. I think out of fear you have that thought in the back of your mind, you know, I could come out of this and no one would have to know, you know, other than a friend and a couple of family members. No one would have to know. And I could just live my life, go on with my life, however. But I knew in my heart, you know, I knew that I would know. And I just, this overwhelming feeling that it was going to be okay. And I actually went to my local pregnancy center to get a proof of pregnancy and spoke to a counselor there and she really just looked at me and said, you know, if you choose to parent, you know, this is, this is something that you can do. Like this is, you are capable and I'll never forget that. And that's kind of what I want to share to young girls because I just feel like so many don't believe they're capable and I would never promote teen pregnancy. It's never something I would wish for my children. However, I just want girls to know that if they find themselves in that situation, that they're not hopeless. Once you decided you were keeping the child, how long did that take for you to realize that? Did it come fairly quickly? I would say, you know, I found out I was pregnant when I was about six weeks along. And I would say it did take several weeks for me to be completely 100% confident in my decision. I would say about um, three months into it, I was 100% at the decision to parent. 
So that was back in 2011. You said you were a junior. I was in grade 11. I had one more year. I was a young member of my class. So it was actually the very end of my junior year when I found out. And I had my son in January of my senior year. I grew up in this small <laughs> town too, so I, I know how it is. You, you say one thing to one person and quickly everyone knows. So yes. um, once it was public that you were pregnant, can only imagine there must have been a lot of shame, stigma. You mm-hmm. must have felt really self-conscious. Can you share any particular moments you remember about that time? It may mm-hmm. be comments, maybe events that happened school mm-hmm. or out of school. Yeah, well, it felt, it definitely felt really awkward to go to school my 11th grade year and to be this one person and then to come back my senior year because basically everyone found out over the summer. So when I came back my senior year, I was just this completely different person. And I was so sick and um, just, I struggled so much that fall semester of my senior year. And so my priorities just kind of shifted and, you know, I was just completely focused on getting ready and becoming a mom and it did feel really awkward. And I can remember this one moment, um, I was so sick and I had went, I went to the drink machine and I got a soda and I remember somebody making an absolute rude comment to me about drinking that while I was pregnant and just being filled with rage about that. And just things like, I felt like no one understood because you were the only pregnant teen in that school. There was one other. Yes, there's only one other. Yeah, so it was it was just an awkward feeling. Did anyone start treating you differently after they knew you were pregnant? Yeah, it was actually a range of different of different things because I feel like if they felt uncomfortable, people became more standoffish than anything. It was mm-hmm. more of that than absolute rudeness like it was just maybe ignoring me or just being very standoffish or treating me as if like I was just this fragile person you know and it did it changed the dynamic of a lot of friendships and that it's true that you find out who your friends are during those times because those Mm -hmm. people that did stick by me I'm still friends with them today Mm. Mm -hmm. what type of comments did you hear the most during that time I think what bothered me more than anything were just the questions that I got. You know, what are your plans now? Because before I had all these plans with sports and school. So it was almost like the nosiness bothered me more than any other thing, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So what would you have preferred people to say (laughs) or not say, knowing now what you know, what would have made you feel better at the time? Yeah, I feel like it's an awkward situation all around. And I see, I can understand how awkward that would be on the other person's part as well. But it was very comforting when people seemed, you know, happy for me or asked about the baby or um, joined in my excitement over that because there was so much disappointment and resentment in my life at that time, as much as I tried for there not to be. So when anyone joined in and making it more of, you know, a baby is a good thing kind of mindset, Mm -hmm. that really helped me. And I understand that people felt weird about that because especially in this area, you know, so many of us are taught to believe, you know, that I was, I was just living in sin. So it just was a super taboo thing. But yeah, when people joined in my excitement or wanted to know about the baby or things like that, And that really showed me that they cared. 
Mm-hmm. You wrote in a Pop Sugar article that young moms believe that they don't want to inconvenience people or worry about what other people think, and that believe it or not, most people eventually just got over it and accepted it. How long did it take people to accept it? Yeah, I think it um, it depended on the person, but for the most part, when I I feel like it came in phases. When I started showing, it became a little more real. But as far as like a hundred percent acceptance, I would say after I had the baby, mm-hmm. you know, um, for everyone, that's when it became real. What were you most excited about? I think it was hard to be excited when I was pregnant. <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. I questioned all of it my whole pregnancy. Um, I had a very hard time being excited. I was very sick. I was very resentful. I was very hard on myself. And so really that moment came when I had him. I mean, that's a true before and after in my mind. You say that you had a tough time during your pregnancy. Were you healthy, but it was the nausea, morning sickness, all that? What was the hardest part of being pregnant? Yes, definitely. Along with the mental part of it, the physical, I was completely sick the whole nine months. It was nothing as far as like health problems. It was just the nausea never went away. And that was the same for my second pregnancy. So, oh my gosh, I know, I know it was rough, but it was completely worth it. I know that now (laughs) it was just hard, very hard at the time. What did you do to help like the nausea during the nine months? Like, I mean, I've only had it for a month with my pregnancy and it was horrible. (laughs) So I can't imagine. Oh my goodness. I, I had an amazing first period teacher that year and I was late almost every day and she completely understood because I was I was sick, you know, especially in the mornings. So that helped, you know, just giving myself a lot of grace. I ate a ton of pretzels, even, (laughs) yeah, I ate so many pretzels and I blew up like a balloon because they were salty. So pretzels and Sprite, (laughs) that's all, that's all I got. And actually I did ended up getting put on some medicine for nausea and that helped as well. So you had your son in January, your last year of high school. Did you go to school until the end, until you gave birth? Yes. So like I said, you know, I had teachers and staff that were just so helpful. And honestly, my school, I am still amazed at how well they handled it. And that's something I write about as well, because I just want people to know, you know, what happens when you support mothers in this way. So that summer, I had so many classes left to take at school. And so they allowed me to take all of my core classes that fall and then complete the classes I could online that spring. So I was able to stay home with my baby that last semester and complete school online. So you gave birth in January and you stayed home and did your the classes online? Yes. And then graduated in May. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. I mean, hearing this, like doing the podcast talking to so many mothers and parenting experts. And the one thing that keeps coming back is you can't do it alone. If you have a good support system, you're able Mm -hmm. to do anything. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you wouldn't have had teachers being this flexible to it in school like that, it would have been hard. Absolutely. And that's something I write about too, is that people don't understand how critical the village is or the support system. And people say, oh, well, you had so much help. It's like, well, every mother needs a lot of help, not just teen moms. Yes, we do need extra help. And, but every mom needs that support system. And 
I am so thankful. Even so many years later, I still think about that. I still think about how um, my school advisor sat down with me and said, here's what we can do. Or this teacher helped me in this way and gave me grace when I needed it most. I still think about those things because that was the time when I needed it most. Mm -hmm. And how were your parents during that time? Were they as supportive? There's a transition period when things like this happened, but were you okay? Yeah. So, and I feel like I get this trait from my parent. I think at some point when we knew I was going to parent this child, we all kind of got in this mode, like, okay, how do we make this happen? Like, let's have a plan or as much of a plan as we can in this situation. How do we make this happen? What is it that you're wanting to do? And then once I finally realized that, hey, I do still want to try and go to college. I definitely want to finish high school and all of these things. Then they backed behind me and helped me make that happen. From the outside, like someone like me, what we often see is the plan you had before and Mm -hmm. now the new plan after having a child that unplanned and early before you start building your career is Mm -hmm. you can't do what you wanted to do. Yes. And for you, what I've read, it seems you've still done it. What did you want to do specifically in college and Mm -hmm. what did you end up doing? Yeah, I will say that it looked a lot different than I thought. You know, it did get easier after I had the baby. But when I did find out I was pregnant, you know, I did go out and get a waitressing job because before I was spending all my time on sports and everything. So when I say that was the hardest time of my life, you know, taking all core classes, being pregnant, leaving school, going straight to my job at the restaurant, working there in the evenings, you know, getting up and doing it all again the next morning. Like that was honestly so hard. And that's what I want to share to girls, that it was so hard. Like I never want to say that this was an easy thing or that I still was able to live the exact life that I wanted because I would not have had to work so hard during that time in my life without um, finding I was pregnant. But then after I had my son, I really just took that semester. I was thankful for my parents because I was living with them at the time. And had I not had that support, you know, that would have been a whole different, whole different situation as well. And the father was not present. So it was just me finishing my classes, living with my parents until I graduated high school. At that point, I started back working a good bit, still waitressing. And in the fall, even with everything, I was not able to get the athletic scholarship that I had hoped for, but I was able to get a partial academic scholarship. Yes. So that's why I started in the fall. And, you know, before I would have moved off to college, but now I had to choose a closer college and go two days a week to school and then do online the other days. And who took care of your son while you went to college those two days? So he actually went to a daycare the two days. Um, My parents were still working full time. And thankfully, when I tell you this, like it's truly a God thing that all of this worked out the way it did. But I was able to get an academic scholarship and a full grant. So my grant actually paid for his daycare and the scholarship paid for my school. And it was just amazing that it worked out that way. I have to ask you a question. How did you get pregnant? Was it unprotected sex? Because you seem to be a responsible teenager. Everyone was shocked because I I find this is important to mention. What was it for you? 
Yeah, well, you know, I felt that I was being responsible at the time, but however, nothing is 100% effective. So I just want to throw that out there as well um, for young girls, because even if you think that you are being responsible or being sneaky or however, you know, nothing is 100%. So there's always a chance. Always. So did you use a condom or you were on the pill? Yes. So I was not on any type of birth control. However, I did use protection. So yes. So you didn't even think that something happened that it didn't protect you? Yes. And I I can say from experience now that I am just having my second son. I am just a completely fertile person. So you never know. You never know Mm -hmm. if that's you. I'm sure you had not thought of being a mother this early on. Um, No, and I had never babysat. I was not that girl who planned to have a bunch of kids or a family. You know, I was very focused on, you know, what I wanted to do and all these things. But when I did find out I was pregnant, I thought, okay, if I choose to parent this child, this is it. Like, my friends are going to leave. I'm going to have to go live on my own. I'm going to have to do this in my mind. I prepared for that. Honestly, I was surprised at the amount of support that I did have over time. So Mm -hmm. surprised. Yeah. I want to read something you wrote in a post about being a teen mom. You can go to college and then graduate school. You can Mm -hmm. have a successful marriage. You can give your child a fulfilling life. It's just going to be a little bit harder for you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for your sake because I can promise you that if you are going or about to go or have been down this road, you know that the world certainly won't sugarcoat it for you either. But you have to keep pouring out for that baby through every drought. Your cup is not broken. It's certainly not tainted. It's just a little oddly shaped. It said it beautifully. Thank you um, so much. Yeah. You wrote that you became a teacher. Is that what you went to college for? Oh my goodness. So I went to college and I got my English degree, my undergraduate in English. And so I was working toward my teaching certificate after that when a job came open and I was able to teach on what they call an emergency certificate for a little while. And I did that for a year and a half and kind of realized that teaching was not my calling, (laughs) but I still have my English degree. And so since then, I had my second son. I decided to stay home with him. And now I write from home. I work part-time and freelance write for a website and write on my blog and do the stay-at-home mom slash writer life now. I think I read too that you had a master's. Is that correct? That's right. So I finished my master's as well. And I did that online. So my master's is actually in education. I went ahead and finished while I was teaching. So maybe one day, you know, maybe college, community college or high school teaching is in the cards for me. However, I'm pretty content doing what I'm doing right now. You've been staying home part time since you got married, right? It was after. So I taught for a year after I got married. It seems everything you wanted to do, you just did it. You did you didn't mm-hmm. postpone it. You still found a way to do it. And that's what I found inspiring and beautiful because the excuse of, well, I have kids, so I can't mm-hmm. do this, or I, I don't have the time. I have kids, you know, everyone's different, but mm-hmm. some people still do it. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's wonderful. Well, I'm not you. letting anything hold you back. What were the, the moments of serenity for you? What did right. you do? I met my husband. My son was one 
when we met. And, you know, for so many years, I was in that go, go, go mode. Like, I want to set a good example for Briar, and that's my son's name. And, um, you know, when I met my husband, he is so chill. He is so calm. And he is the opposite of me. But he has truly brought that out in me. So it's been such a blessing, you know, spending time with him or doing things with him. You know, we live about four hours from the beach. So we love to go to the beach or just spend time together at home. I love being outside. So that's my happy place. You call yourself railroad wife. And I've yes. never heard that that before. <laughs> I don't know any railroad wife. How yeah. is that life? Is he away for long periods? How does that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just to add to the crazy, you know, that I already have, um, <laughs> I married somebody who's, he works on the railroad and usually he's only gone for days at a time. There have been times where it's been weeks, but usually only a few days at a time. Um, the hard part I think is the uncertainty because he's on call. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to tell when he's coming and going a lot of the times. So That is one of the reasons I made the decision to stay home with the kids is that so I could be on call for them because mm -hmm. it's very hard with a husband that is basically, you know, if they call from work, you know, he has to pick up and go a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You say you're an advocate for teen mom speaker for these teenagers. I'm, I'm still active with the pregnancy center that helped me when I was pregnant. And um, it just really lights a fire in me, honestly, to talk to any of these women, just because going back to the MTV article, I think the image of the teen mom is so skewed that when girls think they're headed down this path, that they're going to end up at a certain place. And I just want to tell them, you know, no, you decide where you end up. And, and I want to spread the message that when we support these moms is when they really flourish, because I know that I was so fortunate to have the support and I want that for other people. So if I can be part of that support for other people, then I think that's just an amazing thing. So what are you doing specifically at the Pregnancy Resource Center? Yeah, so I actually do write some write articles for them and share online on their I actually run uh, their website at times and share that way. So a lot of the same things I'm doing on my blog, but also I have a good relationship with the lady overseeing it. And at times I will actually go in and talk to the girls if it's a situation where she feels like I could be of help. So I'll go in and talk or sometimes involved in parenting classes, just whatever they need from me. You know, I'm kind of in and out over there. Who comes to you for help? Are they centers? Are they individual mothers to be? Who seems to need your story and your message and your hope? Yeah, I think from what I hear most, I get a lot of messages from girls who are in the middle of it right now who may be pregnant. And it's not just teen moms. It's just if you're in an unexpected situation at all, you know, Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're just dealing with a crisis pregnancy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so um, I get a lot of messages from girls who are just in the middle of it, who are, are pregnant right now and are just in that fearful mindset. When you see a pregnant teen, what's the first thought that pops in your head? Yeah. Well, first, uh, still, I think, I think what everybody else says, like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> you're about to go through so much. Like, and my heart mm -hmm. goes out to them. Truly. But at the same time, um, now that I have been there, I do not judge like I would have before. I feel like I was a much more judgmental person before going through this. And 
I have been truly humbled by this situation and, um, you know, never say never is what I think now. So when I see girls, my heart goes out to them, but at the same time, like I know that they're stronger than, than they think they are. And now that you're a mom and you mentioned it briefly before, what will you tell your sons about having sex as a teen? <laughs> I mean, I know we all prefer our kids not to have sex until much later, but mm -hmm. being realistic about it, we need to have the talk in advance to prevent teen pregnancies, STDs, et cetera. So right. being that you've been a pregnant teen, what would you say to your son when the time is right mm -hmm. about having sex as a teen? I agree that we need to be super proactive. And I think especially in our culture, or at least in the area that I live, I think it's more of a hush-hush sub subject than it needs mm -hmm. to be. Um, I really want to be more open, more honest about it, and kind of just follow his lead. Because I think a lot of times we have this idea of when they're this age, we will tell them this. But I think if we truly like let them lead the conversation or pick up on cues of when that needs to be talked about, then we'll know. Looking back, were there cues that your parents could have picked up on or did they have that conversation with you? Yeah, it was a very hush hush situation. Mm -hmm. You know, there were more of conversation of don't do it, the end period, you know, yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was about the extent of it. And, you know, I don't and I never want to throw my parents under the bus because I mean, like, mm -hmm. I feel like we come from a different generation where it's more yeah. accepted to talk about it now. Mm -hmm. And we're in an environment where if we say that we're going to talk openly about this, nobody's going to, you know, shun us like I think their generation would have. Mm -hmm. There's three things I want you to share with the listeners. So first, okay. what would you say to a teenager that might be considering having sex with someone? Yes. Yeah, so I would say... Um, And I don't, I don't have regrets because I love my son. Mm -hmm. However, um, I was not, I was not ready. Like I thought I was, but I was not ready. And I, I truly feel like I took a special moment away from my husband now. And if I could, if I could tell them anything, and I know it's, it sounds hypocritical coming from this side of things, but you know, truly that is just such a special moment. And I think we downplay it a lot. Were you pressured in any way to have sex that time? No, you know, it was, it was a choice that I made. It okay. truly was. Yeah. What would you say to a pregnant teen mom that must be feeling terrified? Yeah. Um, I would say that that fear that you're feeling right now is not permanent. I know it feels like it and it feels like something that you'll never escape or that you'll never truly find that happiness again, but you may have to work harder for it. But mm -hmm. um, you can get there and your plans may look different, mm -hmm. but you are perfectly capable of living a happy life and the life that you want. And what would you say to a mother listening? Um, is there anything parents should say or do? And, you know, I'm no doctor or, you know, and I'm listening to other people's advice on this topic as I you know, navigate my own parenting journey. So I don't feel like I have all the answers, but at the same time, I just want to be proactive and I don't want to be scared to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So where can listeners learn more about you, read your posts, give us all the information? 
Yes. So, you know, I started out under Trains and Tantrums, but I have been working on rebranding just under my name. So on Facebook, you can actually find me under Whitney Ballard Writer, and that's the same for Instagram. And I am working on a new website right now. You can still find me at trainsandtantrums.com. However, soon that will redirect you to whitneyballard.com. One last question. (laughs) Yes. I'm so sorry. We, (laughs) We almost made it. This one question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. So we all know Mm -hmm. that being a mother, a parent is a roller coaster of emotions and experiences. Keeping motherhood inspired, what one thing have you found kept you inspired and energized throughout your mom journey? Yeah, I think even though we talked so much about goals and reaching those, I think just not taking life too seriously with kids, I can fall into like an abyss of guilt and all of these things, but just being silly and enjoying that time with them and just really not taking myself too seriously, even when I want to. Thank you for listening to another episode of Citrus Love, Keeping Motherhood Inspired podcast. If you think someone would enjoy to listen to this episode, please share it with them. You can share the link wherever you're listening or go to our website at www.citruslove.com episode and the number where you will find the episode as well as all the information about the guests or the specific episode. The best way to get our podcast ranked is by leaving me a review wherever you're listening, two, three, four, five, six stars, whatever you feel reflect podcast. This will not only let me know what needs to be improved as well as what you particularly love. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get the next episode. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye guys.